holy hour of power. <laughs> UFC Catholicism, <laughs> ultimate faithful fighting Catholics. Terry and Jesse show I'm reporting for duty. What about you, Terry? I'm reporting for duty, Jesse, with the joy in my heart and love for Jesus Christ and his bride, the church. And every day I just poke myself and say, this microphone on, we're able to share our love for Jesus Christ. What a gift that is. And just today, our love really, you know, uh, there's a there's a, a virtue that we have. It's it's um, it's it's instructing the ignorant, a virtue. Okay, that when we have someone who's erring about the Catholic faith, out of humility and truth, we have to say, "Look at brother, this is not what the church teaches. Let's stand with Christ." Okay, even if it's the Pope, and I'm not, I'm saying, wait a minute, you can't do that. No, I love him enough to tell him, Holy Father, confirm us in our faith. Don't water down Catholicism. And so that's my love for the Holy Father and for our Holy Mother of the Church. Today we're going to be talking about Pope Francis is facing worldwide pushback against his same-sex blessings uh, that he approved of in certain circumstances. And what's interesting, we have a Bishop Martin Tubuka from Africa, and we're going to play a five-minute clip that uh, he was one of the Pope's men. In other words, he was brought in as a bishop because the Pope made him a bishop, and now he's saying, no, 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 I can't go along with this. And I think, Jesse, I'll just be honest with you, I believe the next conclave, many of these bishops that were appointed by Francis are not going to pit a Francis too. I think it gives me hope to realize that these men see the error that's going on in the church and are going to say, no, we need to go back to orthodoxy. That's my prayer, at least, Jess. We've never seen a push bet like this. No, in, never. In 2,000 years. Even. Yeah, not not our, not our life. I've never not, seen yeah. anything like it, Jess. Yes. Uh, a couple of things I want, I want to mention about yeah, the uh, this, yeah, this incident is that um, here's something that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Cardinal Supich, he celebrates oh, yeah. the corruption of this, uh, you know, this consecration, this this okay. uh, this whole document. So he's totally behind it. Doesn't surprise me. Also, Bishop Bl- Barron. He was blasted on his uh, social media account for making some very weak statements on this document. And boy, oh boy, did he draw the wrath of his followers. <laughs> uh, they, uh, you know, they're, they're basically saying, we're sick and tired of you being a lukewarm bishop. Middle man. So, yeah. Also, the U.S. bishops are trying to put lipstick on a pig. <laughs> and. In one of the most pathetic responses that we've seen so far, the official statement of the USCCB on fiducia supplicans, they said, quote, the declaration issued today by the Vatican's dicastery for the DDF articulated a distinction between liturgical sacramental blessings and pastoral blessings, which may be given to persons who desire God's loving grace in their lives. Mm -hmm. The church's teaching on marriage has not changed, and this declaration affirms that while also making an effort to accompany people through the imparting of pastoral blessings because each of us needs God's healing love and mercy in our lives. Terry, they just made a distinction without a difference. That's putting lipstick on a pig. Also, tell me another one. Another one here is uh, Monsignor Charles Pope. That's the one I just right here. Go ahead. Uh, okay, okay. You, Hit it. Hit it. Uh, he, He's a he good said man. He, he said he will not offer blessings of same-sex couples because it would lead to confusion and scandal among mm-hmm. the faithful regarding the church's teaching yep. on marriage and sexuality. In an email he sent to parishioners on December 21st, 
uh, shared with LifeSite News. He says, it is widely reported that the document permits a priest to bless same-sex couples. Some see it as an approval of same-sex marriage. It is not. The declaration in no way authorizes uh, same-sex marriage. In fact, it explicitly reaffirms the church's teaching that marriage is not only between a man and a woman and the sexual relations are only moral within marriage. The document does not say that there are that there may be times when people who are living in objectively sinful ways, such as cohabitation or homosexual relationships, could receive a kind of informal blessing in no way resembling the right of marriage. However, the document also states that these informal blessings should only be given if there's no risk of causing confusion about the church's doctrine on <laughs> sexual morality, including the nature of marriage. And and finally, I just want to say that uh, that uh, Donald Trump Jr. has expressed opposition to prospect of Nikki Haley being tapped as his father's running mate, and so he's pledged to go to to great lengths to prevent it. And in a recent interview, uh, Trump Jr. declared that he would he wouldn't have her, Nikki Haley, as vice presidential candidate alongside his father, former President Donald Trump. He says, I would go to great lengths to make sure that doesn't happen. The former president's son told Newsmax. So a lot of people think, Terry, that he's positioning himself as the VP. Oh, yeah, yep. I can see that. Jesse, what, uh, Christmas Eve attack in Nigeria leaves at least 140 people dead. They uh, burned the people's homes on Christmas Eve through not just one village, man, 15 villages, according to the reports. And here's the thing that that this blows me away. Uh, this has happened... Over and over again, the last one was in 2018, where they killed 200 people. These are Muslim guys. As a matter of fact, Jesse, Boko Haram, they're in there, and they're uh, killing Christians on a regular basis there in, in, uh, in the Nigerian state, or the state of Nigeria, the most populated state in Africa. And uh, it seems like the authorities just don't care. And so I just want to pray. And I think of this, Jesse, those people are... You know, their homes got burned down. Uh, many of their relatives were killed. And we're talking about blessing same-sex ma- uh, weddings or marriages, excuse me, marriages, not marriages, same-sex people that are unions, which is ridiculous when we have all this going on in the faith. So one more last thing. Archbishop uh, Nairobi prohibits another blessings of same-sex couples. He says all clergy are to resist this and not implement it. And when we come back from the break after the gospel and sheen, we have a clip of a five-minute video of Bishop Martin Tubuka from Africa as giving a 30-minute homily at Christmas saying this isn't going to happen either. So, yes, the pushback is strong, Jess. I hope you, got one, hope you get one of those Orthodox African bishops as the next pope. That's what Father Murr told me this morning on his show. He said, My, I want to live to see an African pope like now. <laughs> yeah, now. Uh, Terry, also for the 2023 Catholic Vote Hero of the Year. Yeah. Is Kyle Seraphim, mm-hmm. the former FBI agent turned whistleblower. Yeah. He's the one that's made headlines for exposing the political bias in the FBI, yep. his <laughs> former his former employer. And uh and he's the one that uncovered the internal memos that were linking traditional Catholics as white supremacists and as uh and as extremists. Yep. So God bless uh Kyle Seraphim from his courage. Uh today's gospel speak, Lord, your servants are listening. Amen. On the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene ran and went to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and told them, they have taken the Lord from the tomb, and we do not know yet where they put him. 
So Peter and the other disciple went out and came to the tomb. They both ran, but, but the other disciple ran faster than Peter and arrived at the tomb. First he bent down and saw the burial cloths there, but did, not, but did not go in. When Simon Peter arrived after him, he went into the tomb and saw the burial cloths there and the cloth that had covered his head, not with the burial cloths, but rolled up in a separate place. Then the other disciple went in, the one who had arrived at the tomb first, and he saw and believed the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. It's interesting that the Bible says that Mary Magdalene was the first person to see the resurrected Christ. That was a female. But tradition tells us, and even St. John Paul II confirms this tradition. Yeah. He said that uh, the first person that Jesus appeared to post-resurrection was his mother, it the makes Blessed sense. Virgin Mary. It makes sense. Yeah. And ma many of the fathers of the church say huh. it just didn't make it into Scripture, yeah. but she was the first person that our Lord uh, appeared to. Also, this whole thing about uh, you know his clothes were folded like a napkin. I want to key in on that. Yeah. Uh, this uh, the linen cloths were folded like a napkin. This is corroborating evidence of the resurrection because no thief would have taken That's the right. time to unwrap Jesus's corpse right. and then fold his burial clothes neatly in the tomb like a napkin. No thief would have done that. Nope. So in any case, these uh, the grave robbers of antiquity. They usually stole the expensive linens along and left the body behind, not the other way around, Terry. No, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so, and also the first day of the week, as it's mentioned here, that's Sunday. Uh, and so this is why as, as Catholics, we have taken uh, Saturday worship and we've gone into Sunday, the day of resurrection. Yeah. Because it's right in the Bible, Sunday's the first day of the week, the day Christ rose from the dead is a day that we, we as Catholic Christians, Protestants, and Orthodox, this is the, the apex of the seven-day week. And today is the Feast of St. John, who wrote the, uh, the Gospel of Love. Remember John 6. This would be a good day to, uh, to read the full Gospel of, of uh, John on, on chapter number 6 on the Holy yeah. Eucharist. Yeah. Jess, let's bring the smartest guy into the room real quick, Fulton Sheen. Mm -hmm. Full sheen ahead. This is on peace of soul, because that's what we all want, peace of soul. He said, there is a world of difference between peace of mind and peace of soul. The peaceful soul does not seek now to live morally, but to live for God. Morality is only a byproduct of the union with him. So, Jesse, those who are, Ill, uh, who are living immoral lives, okay, they're having a hard time having peace with God because you can't have... You can't be living contrary to the gospel and have the peace. So that's what I think Fulton Sheen is saying. So that's why it's the most merciless thing to do is to let someone wallow in their sin, especially homosexuality that cries from heaven, than to tell them, repent and believe in the gospel, not you're all are welcome. That's not the gospel. All right, when we come back, right. Jess, we got a bishop, Bishop Martin Kabuka from Africa. Wait till you hear what he has to say about the pushback on the worldwide pushback against same-sex blessings. Stay with us. You're listening to The Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Welcome back to The Terry and Jesse Show. Bishop Martin Tabuka in Africa gave a homily on Christmas and boy, did he do a pushback regarding this 
uh, same-sex blessing doctrine. So I'd like to play part of the clip. And also, you can go on the Internet and find him because it's worth the 28 minutes, but I just knocked it down to about four and a half minutes. Let's play the clip. Unfortunately, it is very difficult to know exactly why this document was written. It certainly cannot be said it was written for pastoral reasons, because it must have been known, and very clearly known, to its drafters that such a document would not only offend, but also scandalize many Catholics in some parts of the world, especially here in Africa. We have believers, some of them, especially in St. Matthias Parish, they walk for two days to attend Mass with me. Two days. How many Christians in New York, Rome, Frankfurt, walk for two days to attend Mass? These are the simple people. It would seem in many parts of the world, certainly many people have celebrated this document as a sign of progress in the church. And the popularity of its, its drafters has certainly increased. Our major concern is that this document looks to us like a heresy, it reads like a heresy, and it, it affects heresy. The document <laughs> asks us to bless two people of same sex as individuals, but not as a couple. So these two people of same sex, who the previous night slept together like a couple and presented themselves to us as a couple, are blessed as individuals, but they leave our presence as a couple. They go to their home as a couple. They sleep in the same bed as a couple. But the document says that they are not blessed as a couple, or they, although they appear to have been blessed like a couple. How could this be not changing the authentic teaching of the church? Some have said his advisors didn't want to stop him because they were afraid of him. But what would they be afraid of? What would they lose by defending the truth? We in this diocese, and certainly in Malawi, are not going to allow the recommended blessings of same-sex union in our dioceses. It is very sad for me that for the first time in the history of the church, a document released from the Holy See, signed by the Holy Father is rejected by his fellow bishops. But we have no choice. We cannot allow such an, an offensive and apparently blasphemous declaration to be implemented in our dioceses. Our rejection of this document have accused us of many things that by sticking to rules of the church or the scripture and tradition of the church, we prevent carrying out our responsibility as pastors effectively. Some have told us that we should be willing to explore new paths and new roads in governing the local churches, such as blessing same-sex unions. Some have said that we should not be ideologically rigid in our faith and in our pastoral work and in teaching our faith. Instead, we are being taught and encouraged to allow our doctrine of the faith to change alongside ideological changes taking place in the world so that the, the faith may be modern, 
so that the church might be modern. In other words, we are told that in fulfilling our responsibility as successors of the apostles, leading people to God, we should be fashionable. Unfortunately to all this, all these accusations, our response is clear. Please keep your allies for yourself. <laughs> you must judge for yourself whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to such advice, ill advice, and to obey you rather than God. For we on our part cannot stop telling the faithful entrusted to our pastoral care by God through the Holy Father that they should follow and do what is rooted in scriptures and in the tradition of the church. All those who advise us like this, our response is that we are not idiots. We know your wow. ultimate goal, which I will not mention here. Wow. But Toto, Takana, we are not accepting this declaration. Wow. Jesse, the guy just, we got to have the Bible, tradition, we have no choice. I mean, that's the kind of guy that's we're got the idiots. courage. Yeah, we're not idiots. I mean, <laughs> I would love to see that guy as the next pope because Woo! he doesn't pull any punches, dude. And, and you know what I really like most about him? He said in his talk, if you hear it, the whole thing, he was brought in from Pope, Paul, pope uh, Francis, you know, set, put him in as the bishop there. And, you know, the normal thing, you know, is, oh, well, I just got to zip my lip and keep quiet. No, no. He has such a love for his flock, Jesse, that he's willing to lay his life down for the flock. Because I think, here's what I think is going to happen to him. He may get Strickland. Yep, that's where it's going to, you took the words out of my mouth. Uh, yeah, he may get, he may get, he may get pavoned. Yeah, but what did you think, Jesse, of a bishop speaking so plainly to the people? I mean, isn't that refreshing? This man, you could, this man sounded like uh, the resurrection of Fulton Sheen. Yeah, yeah. That, that, That type of clarity. Yeah. And and I'll tell you, I think where a lot of his grace comes from. Can, can you imagine all the African martyrs that were killed because they didn't want to embrace homosexuality, uh, starting with you know Saint Charles Lawanga and many exactly, others? Exactly. The souls of those Africans are praying for the prelates in Africa, and that's why they they have this apostolic boldness, yep. especially against this sin. Yep. And then I could also imagine. I know this is unpopular to say, yeah. uh, Marcel Lefebvre. Yeah. Uh, he's, I'm sure, uh, in eternity, he's praying for them. Remember, he was a missionary in Africa oh, for like 30 years. Work there in Africa. Yeah, and so I'm sure his prayers are bearing fruit as well oh, yeah. because these Africans, Terry, they have this boldness uh, that, that we saw from him, from Ottaviani, and many others during Vatican II against the modernists. We, these African bishops are speaking out against modernism yeah. because modernism embraces uh, sexual licentiousness, Terry. Now, why don't you really tell me what you think, Jesse? You know, you know, Jess, that, that gives me great hope. Like I said at the beginning of the show, that the next conclave, which is going to come happen, it's going to happen soon. Pope Francis is eighty-seven years old; his health is frail. I don't believe those guys that he pointed cardinals are going to vote for another Pope Francis. I think the light, I think they're going to get red pilled by this, and they're going to turn and say, "No, no, we can't go this way. This is not." the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is a worldly view. And that's my prayer, Jess. Uh, Terry, I agree with you. And there's an article here that basically confirms everything that you just said. It's called Pope Francis faces growing worldwide pushback against the same sex blessing doctrine. And so if you think that fierce opposition 
to the latest initiative by globalist uh, Pope Francis, namely the blessing of same-sex unions, is limited to the conservative American bishops like Joseph Strickland. Think again. (laughs) All over the world, prelates and faithful alike have vigorously opposed the new directives from Francis as a growing number of Catholic bishops in Africa and Europe are publicly voicing their rejection of the new document by the Vatican. This is, by the way, this comes from the Gateway Pundit. It's uh, one of my wife's favorite websites to go access information. It says, um, <clears throat> all over the world, uh, it says, uh, the issue is not as yet another polarizing initiative in Francis's quest to remake the Catholic Church according to his very peculiar vision of the institution. The document entitled Fiducia Supplicans states that blessings can be offered to the people in, in same-sex relationships if they're not confused with the ritual of marriage. My comment is, of course, they're going to be confused with the ritual of marriage because it looks the same. That's right. Optics are everything. The article says, while the document reaffirmed that marriage is a lifelong union only between a man and a woman, many conservatives in the church fear that that the move is a step towards the Catholic Church's accepting homosexuality. Here's my comment. We're right at the doorstep of, of accepting same-sex marriage oh, yeah. with this document. Yeah, actions yeah. speak louder than words, Jeff. Yes. So this this will usher in yeah. fire to fall from heaven like Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah. And as prophesied by Our Lady of Akita, Japan, that fire will fall from heaven, Terry, yeah. if we cross that line. And many people like James Martin are crossing that line. Thankfully, the pushback's coming from the Zambia Bishops' Conference, yes. the Malawi Bishops' Conference, That's right. the Polish Bishops' Conference. Yeah, what about, what about uh, Asia with Bishop Snyder? Uh, Bishop Snyder, the Kazakhstan Bishops' yep. Conference, yep. the German Cardinal Gerhard Mueller, yeah, look, the, what, con- the what, Conference of Nigerian Bishops, yeah. the Conference of Polish Bishops. Terry, there's a hue and cry right now like I've never seen before. And what Cardinal Mueller said is really clear. And, you know, he said the declaration is self-contradictory, as it still says that same-sex relations were contrary to God's law while allowing same-sex couples to receive a blessing. The church cannot celebrate one thing and teach another. That's why this document is so confusing when it contradicts itself. So, I mean, that's just, it's it's sad. You know, he said that um, Bishop Snyder says the new policy is a great deception. He said priests should be aware of the evil that resides in the very permission to bless couples in irregular situations and same-sex couples. You know, Bishop Strickland, who I'm going to do a show tomorrow with, we, we're going to do a show for the next week, but I'll do it tomorrow. He said this, the day, the minute this, this hit the media, he asked his brother bishops to resist it. And as I told him in a text, I said, Bishop Strickland, I believe... Many bishops worldwide are taking your advice and re- and saying no to this document, and more are coming. In my in my take on that, yeah, I I agree. Yeah. And and, uh, and what about the Nigerian you, bishops? What did they say? Yeah, the Nigerian bishops. It says they needed to make clear that the Vatican document does not allow for a blessing yeah. and a formal and acceptance not. of same sex relationships. Right. Uh, all, all I can tell you, Terry, is that. Uh, Right now, I've seen the Catholic Church uh, bishops and priests around the world. They have been outspoken like I've never seen them in the past before. Yeah. And, and, and some of the Pope's splainers out there. Oh, my God. Yeah. What they're saying is that uh, this one Pope splainer was saying, hey, you can't. You don't have, you know, Cardinal Mueller, 
He doesn't govern a diocese. You don't have to listen to him. He has, what does he govern? So that that was the argument from one of the Pope's splainers yeah. on YouTube. Can, can saying, I, you know, yeah. Bishop Strickland, Bishop Cardinal Mueller, they don't they don't govern any diocese. You you don't have to pay attention to them. Yeah. So so that's what the 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 Catholic left is saying right now, Terry. Here's my other question, Jesse, and you, you I I might be onto something, yeah. but I think the timing of this right after the financial debacle where they had to throw a cardinal into jail for five years of, you know, $200 million misuse of some property in London, England. I'm wondering, you know, I don't hear anything about that anymore. This was the biggest one of the century. How did it get taken about by this document? That's my, I know, that's just me reading into it, Jeff. Yeah, this document, ba- basically, it... Uh, it, yeah, uh, it took the top... It, 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 it eclipsed... Everything, yeah. Yeah, this, this cardinal that got thrown in, uh, in prison... Yep. Yep. Okay, we'll come back in a moment, folks. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. You know, Jess, hey, I just want to throw something in because this is the end of the year. Uh, we have all kinds of scandal, financial scandal in the church and bad doctrine being promoted, uh, um, pastoral policies that undermine the authority of a scripture. Uh, we need to be making reparation. We need to be praying hard for our, our pope and our leaders in our church and for souls. And I want to recommend that this year, New Year's resolution, that all of us say we're going to make extra visits to the Blessed Sacrament, at least, at least once a week, maybe a weekly holy hour. If you can't do that, at least once a week, Make a special trip into the church. Get down on your knees and pray for Holy Mother of the Church because it's easy for us to point out these errors. But you know what's harder? Praying and making reparation and atonement for these sacrileges that are going on. And let's be honest, Jesse, those individuals who have same-sex attraction, you're not telling the truth. They need conversion. They don't need to be patted on the back and said, go ahead and have you know, sodomite your, your partner. Uh, you know, over the course of a year, they're going to have 200 partners doing this action that's condemning them, and we're not willing to tell them to stop for the good of their soul. That's not love. Yep, the good of their soul and also the, the destruction of their body, which, which that's what the Bible says. In, it's, it's, in Psalm 32, it says, when you confess your sin not, your body will be destroyed. That's a great we, point. Yeah, yeah, we have AIDS, we have yes. monkeypox, we have all kinds of STDs, gonorrhea. Psalm 32, when I confess not my sin, my body wasted away. There you go. Uh, uh, something else, Terry, also just, we have to keep a perspective on this. What I mean is that uh, ever since probably the last, our lifetime, we've had access to see what the popes say, do, write, when they walk, they give their Wednesday addresses. But most Catholics for most of their life never knew. In fact, many Catholics Terry, didn't even know who the Pope was. Yeah, that's true. And Jesse, they, had no, they had no media. No, they had no true. internet. Yeah, well, five hundred thousand years ago, who's you know what I'm, what I'm the money, the point that I'm making? You're making a good is, point. Is that most Catholics they didn't even know who the Pope was or what he said. All they did was live, focus on on on, on Christ the King. Yeah, and they they did their devotions they did their they did their uh prayers they did their penances they went to holy mass they never knew any of the 
the Vatican politics. No. It's only been in the last like 30, 40 years since the internet that we now, what the Pope said this, he blew his nose. Yeah. Oh, the Pope did this. In other words, knock it off. Let's go back to what the most Catholics yeah. just lived how. Simply, they focused their life on Jesus Amen. Christ, on Thank his you. death and resurrection. Right. They lived a life of prayer and penance. They practiced their devotions, and they went to Holy Mass on Sunday as a family. That's what most Catholics did. They didn't know anything about Most Catholics didn't, didn't even know who their Pope was. Yeah. So let's quit micromanaging uh, what Pope Francis is saying, and let's start micromanaging what the Holy Bible says, Amen. and get yes. the Holy. Yeah, let's micromanage the Holy Bible because it's God's word. As the Bible says, heaven and earth will pass away one day, but God's word will live forever. Well said. And Jesse, I'm getting texts from people like is a technology around the world. Hey, that bishop that you just played, I want him as our next pope. Okay, <laughs> see that never could have happened. But, Jesse, it was 1967 when Pope Paul VI had his first news media. Uh, that it was, And then from 67 on, people were just expecting the media. The Pope was having to talk to the media. I agree. It was, it was better when he zipped his lip and they didn't have to have these, you know, news medias. Because now the Pope sneezes, like you say, and everybody knows about it. So I agree with that. Jess, um, you just nailed it when you said a world biblical view of life. This is what I think we need for the new year and for the church. And um, I think you, you nailed it on that. Give me, uh, what, where are we going with this now, Jess? Yeah, Terry, just let's, let's come back here. Let's, let's uh, land the plane over here in the U.S. One of the big problems that we have right now in the, our country, Terry, yeah. is open borders. Right. We have no idea who's coming in. Yeah, like t- tens and, of thousands. Yeah, and and nobody's being vetted, Terry. Right. And it's and, and think about you know the movie that just came out, Sound of Freedom, a couple of months ago, put out by a couple of good Catholic friends of ours. That movie shows us how dangerous open borders are, because this is where the cartels traffic narcotics and traffic human persons, and the U.S. bishops. They, they've weighed in on the border deal negotiations. Uh, let me just uh, mention here uh, this, uh, this article that was put out by uh, Peter Pinedo, a uh, D.C. correspondent. He says, and again, he's kind of spotlighting the problem here. He says the U.S. bishops cautioned against proposals being considered by Congress and the White House to fund aid to Ukraine. Yeah on the condition that migration is further restricted, saying they are deeply concerned about the real impact of a crackdown at the border. Yep. So so the bishops are 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 basically, you know, the getting into the into the weeds of policy issues here. In a letter to Congress on Friday, the bishop said the policies currently being considered as a compromise deal between Democrats and Republicans could have a devastating impact on migrants attempt to enter in the US. The bishop said, attempting to resolve complex migration-related challenges that have festered for decades in the time-sensitive context of emergency funding is not conducive to prudent policymaking. Yes, let me just jump in. What they're jump saying in, is 65%, they won't say this, but I've heard it on YouTube at the Bishop's Conference, 65% of their budget is coming from the U.S. government. 
And I remember the bishop saying, but gentlemen, we got to make sure we don't tick the government off too much because we're going to cut our funding off. So be careful on how you criticize. Continue. Well, when you when you read the article, it it, it basically says, Terry, I'll I'll, I'll summarize. Summarize it. Many of the bishops, starting with the the person who who leads this group, Mm -hmm. he's a leftist uh, bishop, Bishop El Paso, Texas, Bishop Mark Seitz. Oh, yeah, I know him. Yeah, he emphasized, he's the one that bent his knee to Black Lives Matter. That's right. He, he was, he was kneeling that. down before a Black Lives Matter yep. flag. He's the one that emphasized the Catholic News Agency that, that an emergency foreign aid package is not the appropriate setting to make compromises on the border. He said that proposals being considered by Congress are attempts at quick fixes and that, he said, are going to cost our nation much more money and will lead to many more deaths of immigrants on the border. He says, they're not, a, they're not addressed to really lessening the flow of people or inhabiting their willingness to risk their lives. He said, adding that no amount of laws or no fence, no matter how high, is going to deter them from trying. Yep. So he's kind of an open borders type guy. Well, let, Terry, let me tell you uh, again, we have a biblical worldview. I wish Bishop Mark Seitz from El Paso, Texas would have a biblical worldview. So let me teach him a little bit about Scripture. Okay? Yes. Number one, God loves walls. How do we know that? In the book of Revelation, chapter 21, verses 12 to 14, it says that the new Jerusalem is surrounded by great high walls. Okay? Yep. So... I know a lot of the bishops don't want the wall. They like the open borders because they like the they like the cash money that's attached to each individual coming by. And they try to argue that, uh, you know what, we don't need walls. That's not going to repair the problem. Well, I'm telling you that God likes big walls. Just read the book of Revelation, chapter 21, verses 18 to 20. <laughs> and in fact, why does God have walls around heaven? He tells us. In Revelation chapter 22, verses 14. Blessed are those who wash their robes, that they may have the right to the tree of life, and that they may enter the city by the gates. So how do you get into heaven? By the gates, not by jumping the wall. Nope. It says, and the Bible says, outside, outside of what? Outside of the walls of heaven are the dogs and sorcerers and fornicators and murderers and idolaters and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. Close quote. Dr. Scott Hahn comments on this verse. He says, The heavenly city is protected from sinful contamination with evildoers kept far outside its walls. Uh, Jesse, oh, heaven, heaven has walls, Terry. Of course. I don't know why the, I don't know why the U.S. bishops yeah. are, are, are so anti-wall. And one more thing that I'll t- toss it to you, Terry. Yeah, no problem. Get it, According it. to the Bible, yes. when the Jews returned from their captivity in Babylon, yes, the first thing they did when they reached the holy city of Jerusalem, God told them to build walls. So the Jews, starting with Ezra and Nehemiah, they rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem. It was a project that took the Jewish refugees about 52 days to complete. Dr. Han comments on that. He says, The prophet Nehemiah persuaded the Persian king to make him governor in Jerusalem, and he set about restoring the city's defenses to protect them against attacks by the surrounding Samaritans. How? By building walls. And so, uh, uh, Terry, God in the Old Testament tells us people build walls, Heaven is surrounded by walls. Heck, 
Terry, even the Vatican. Of course, I was just going to go there. The That's Vatican funny. is surrounded by there, a I've wall. Of course, for security. It, yes. It, when was it built? Pope Leo IV <clears throat> built the wall in Vatican City in the ninth century. Yeah. Guess what? To keep out the pirates, to keep out the marauders, and also to protect themselves against the Muslims during the Crusades. Well said, Jesse. Well said. I just wanted to mention, some of our listeners are worldwide. Uh, the Holy Father, just shifting for a second, is under persecution in the sense that for Orthodox Catholics, he, we seem to think he's you know, way out on this same-sex uh, uh, blessing. But here's a letter that was just sent to me from our listeners in, the, in China. I mean, an open letter wow. to Pope Francis to the Chinese, from the Chinese faithful. You are killing us! He says, we, the awakening Catholics in the underground and official church in China, write you this open letter to lament your betraying our church and destroying our nation. Wow. Since 1949, the communist takeover, countless martyrs chose to sacrifice everything to remain loyal to the Holy See till today. Pope Pius XII, Pope John Paul II, Pope Benedict XVI have shown the appreciation, encouragement, and comfort for us. They condemn the evils of communism, affirm the, uh, uh, the patriotic church, and admonish resistance to immoral cooperation with the communist country, wow. Chinese people. Pope Francis, here's how you betrayed us. They want, these are these are hoi polloi people. Pope Francis, please bring back the deposit of faith to us. Defend us. And That's burn the God. document. Burn that document. Exactly. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back. Jesse, we'll do a little show, a segment next week or whenever about the Chinese lay people wow. who are writing letters to the Pope. It seems like the Pope is getting hit from all ends. And, and in one sense, it's justified. But I feel bad for the guy because if he would just confirm us in our faith— which is part of his job description, we wouldn't have these problems. But right, but just right now, you picked another article. Why are so many celebrities suddenly revealing they aborted their children? Is it their conscience? What's going on here? Terry, you, you shared with me years ago of, of a quote Fulton Sheen said yes. that if, if people don't confess their sins, yes, they'll start taking their clothes off, something yep. to that yeah, effect. Yeah, that's right. That's a quote from Sheen. Yeah, it's I'll I'll, pair, I'll I'll look for it because you you yeah, sent it to I me. The, the the quote goes something like, uh, "If the human person does not bear their soul to God in confession, yeah. the human person will start burying their flesh in society." Yep, and that's what we see here, Terry. We see a lot of actors that are guilt ridden, mm -hmm. and they have to talk about it, even though they're it's it just like. They want to get it off their chest. They're like making a confession to the world. Yeah. What, what they need is a sacrament of confession, not confessing this to the world. So it says here, why are so many celebrities revealing they aborted their children? In her memoir, Paris Hilton published earlier this year, the first famous for being famous uh, 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 celebrity Paris Hilton revealed that when she was 22 years old. She had an abortion. Hilton was and is a, a, a scion of one of the wealthiest families in the world. Right. When she was 22 years old, she was already on the trajectory to a life of fame. In November 2003, after we had filmed the first season of The Simple Life and, and before it premiered, I, she says, I, would, I was living my best life. Mm -hmm. The show started getting tons of great press. My co-star 
Nicole Richie and I were working it, showing up, doing interviews. I was out clubbing there almost every night, posing for the paparazzi, talking to everyone about this crazy, wonderful show about to come out, promising everyone that they'd be blown away. I shuttled between New York and L.A., working the red carpet at premieres and award shows, and wherever I went, the growing army of paparazzi followed. I was having a wild child moment, and it was sort of glorious. It all came crashing down when I realized I was pregnant at 22. Yep. Hilton was certain she wasn't ready. Her boyfriend at the time, unsurprisingly, was unsupportive of this view. And so the baby had mm. to die. As I've always said, Terry, abortion is mainly a man problem. I agree it's a man caused yep. problem. Yep. Yeah. Paris Hilton says choosing to have an abortion can be an intensely private agony that's impossible to explain. The only reason I'm talking about it now is that so many women are facing it and they feel so alone and judged and abandoned. I want them to know that they're not alone and that they don't owe anyone an explanation. Really? When there's no right way, <laughs> all that's left is what is. <laughs> what a statement. Yeah. What you know you have to do. Yeah. And you do it, mm-hmm. even though it breaks your heart. So here we got that conflict in our conscience, what the psychologists call <laughs> cognitive dissonance. Yeah. Now, writes Paris Hilton, she looked back at, on all this with sorrow. Ah, look at So she does have the emotion well, of, of sorrow. That's, that's good. Yeah. Even though I know I made the right choice, she's had thoughts like, what have I killed my Paris? But still, she's certain that I was in no way culpable of being a mother and that denying that would have jeopardized the forever family I hope to have in the future at a time when I was healthy and healed. Years later, Hilton would purchase that family via rounds of IVF and the rented womb of, of a surrogate and tens of thousands of dollars later received her son Phoenix, Baron Hilton Rayum. She does not say how many of his siblings died during the process yeah, of IVF because what they do, oh, yeah. they, they buy a bunch of... Uh, 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 frozen eggs, basically. Yeah, yeah fro- frozen eggs. Yeah. And they'll Embryo. pick the one that they want, yeah, and the, the other the ones others. will freeze, and they just get yep. rid of them. Yep, yeah, And so those those are preformed human beings. You know that theory. there's over a million of those uh, pr- frozen embryos right now as we speak. We're playing God. Let's just Yeah, and those people uh, that are playing God will pay a price. Excellent. Terry, you want to pick it up where it says actress Karis? Yeah, Karis Washington, Washington also released an autobiography this year called entitled Thicker Than Water a memoir, and writes about her own abortion. Like Hilton, she used her personal experience to advocate for abortion in general, writing that life is complicated and that she never imagined that she would be at an abortion clinic surrendering my insides to a surgical vacuum. (laughs) It's her baby who was surrendered to the vacuum, but the brief life of an aborted child are ghosts that lurk on the margins of memoirs. Their deaths merely teaching moments for the main character. Washington had an abortion in her late 20s after she was already a famous and successful actress. She is famous for a scene when her character on Scandal had an abortion. This is so sick. Literally to the tune of Silent Night. Comedian Leslie Jones of Saturday Night Live published Leslie Blank Jones, a memoir in September. She's proudly childless and has launched many viral uh, tirades against the pro-life legislators. Continue, Jess. This is another one. Uh, one which had her wearing a shirt, right? 
Yeah. One. Yeah. Uh, and f- let me go to the next paragraph. Okay. Britney, Britney Spears, because time is. And finally, in the woman and me. Oh yeah, this is unbelievable. Britney Spears famously described, and by the way, Paris per- per- Hilton's baptized Catholic. I don't know about this other. I don't know about Leslie Lone Jones, no, and and I am, I'm almost positive Britney Spears is a baptized Catholic. Wow. I know Paris Hilton is. Okay. Yeah. So it says, and finally, in the woman Britney, in, in the woman and me. I guess it's a movie. Yeah. Britney Spears famously described the brutal abortion she underwent at the behest of her then boyfriend, Justin Timberlake. Mm. Boy, oh boy, does he have a lot to answer oh, for. Oh, big time. Who desperately did not want to be a father. Right. Spears wanted to keep the child, but she caved in under pressure. Just that's typical of what women. Yeah. The guys are just wimps. Right. The guys uh, are just com- complete irresponsible sexual pervert wimps. Yeah. They don't want to be fathers, and they, they just badger the women to kill the baby. It says... Spears wanted to keep the child, but she caved in under pressure and lay sobbing on the bathroom floor as she bled her baby after taking <laughs> abortion pills because the famous couple were afraid to go to a hospital or clinic for fear of being recognized. Despite being worth tens of millions of dollars, they too were not ready to have children. The woman in Spears wanted to keep the baby. The baby in her in her died because Timberlake refused to be a father. Just what you said. Celebrities are telling their abortion stories to normalize a procedure that is the focal point of fierce political fights across post-Roe America. But their stories are actually revealing in a different way. In almost every instance, money was not an issue. The parents were financially secure, some even wealthy. Each of these children died because the parents instead insisted that they were not ready in some way despite being financially well-off adults. Each engaged in the baby-making act while not wanting babies. Each had succumbed so thoroughly to the contraceptive mindset that the children, which naturally arrived after acts of reproduction, were treated as an unwelcome shock, as if it were somehow unnatural that sex frequently results in babies. And inadvertently, each of these abortion memoirs tells us something profound about our culture. Not that abortion is normal, but why? Because we are so broken, we have forgotten basic, basic facts about what it means to be mothers, fathers, and human beings. And Jesse, if I might add, uh, what did we see in those three cases uh, that we were all about? It was all about me, me, me myself, and I, the unholy trinity. Yeah, That's what our yes. culture is all about. If a baby's come out, wait a minute, you mean to tell me? That's all about me. I don't care about anybody but myself. And that's what happens to the culture it. that throws God out. You nailed it, Terry. That's why in 1995, John Paul II described the times that we're living in right now. He called it the culture of death. Yeah. And he said that, that with the Catholic Church, our goal as Catholics is to promote the gospel of life. Right. Because what, what is the culture of death? John, JP2 said that any society or region or nation where killing innocent human beings has been legalized and institutionalized through legislation, government policies, or through court actions, that's called the culture of death. And that reminds me, it reminds me, Terry, of uh, the Aztec Empire. Oh, there's a connection there, big time. Yeah, let me tell you the connection between the Aztec Empire. In fact, the largest abortion facility in the country is in Houston, Texas. Mm-hmm. 
Planned Parenthood has a, a, an abortion building in Houston, Texas. Terry, it it's built like an Aztec pyramid. Oh, scary. You t- Take a look at the picture of Planned Parenthood's Houston uh, a Center, Houston Planned Parenthood Center, and take a look in the internet of a picture of of a of a Aztec temple pyramid, and they're built the same. The pyramids in Mexico, built by the Aztecs, they were basically churches for their pagan deities. And on top of the pyramid, there was an altar where the priest, the Aztec priest, dressed in all black. He would kill the the virgin, the prisoner, or the baby, carve the heart out, and they would cannibalize the body. Yep. And uh, that was a blood sacrifice to the demon deities of Mexico. Right. Uh, we're doing the same thing right now. Uh, we, we have many, many prelates, uh, Archbishop Corleone, uh, him being one of them, uh, Cardinal Burke, yeah. uh, and many others. They say that the uh, that abortion is a blood sacrifice to Satan. And you can see the, the, the parallels between what's happening in America and what happened in Aztec, Mexico, 500 years ago. Great connection, Jesse. Jess, let's bring it all back to personal holiness right now for us. We've got a new year coming next week. We've got to stay focused on Jesus Christ. How do we do that? By our prayer life, by our sacrifices, by uniting our sufferings with the sufferings of Christ to help redeem the world. We need to live holy lives because without holiness, nothing goes. And Jess Romero, talking about holiness, what state should we be living in, brother? State of sanctifying grace. Don't live in a state of mortal sin. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter, I think, 13, mm-hmm. strive for holiness yeah. for which nobody will see God without holiness. Amen. And don't forget, I say this all the time about Our Lady of Fatima. Start praying the rosary every day, you know? As, as, as our friend Mr. Taylor says, you're off the team if you're not praying the rosary. Well, you're off. Team. Pray it. But also, remember, Our Lady said souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. We can affect the souls. About two funerals going on here at the chapel. 35-year-old man died. I prayed for him. Why? Because the circumstances weren't good. We can also offer us sacrifices for them, for not just the living and the dead. And I want to thank you for all your support here you've given to us at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And may God richly bless you and your family. And don't forget to uh, next up is that one.